0: Father we're in 40 days of community today right now we're in week five wonderful revelation you want to release to us today Father about what our role is and how important it is for us to serve connected you didn't place on this earth on this earth Father to just look good to breathe your air (laughs) to wake up and have fun and not do anything meaningful that builds your kingdom and so Father Have your way in this service. You've already had your way. Holy Spirit, if you desire to flow or function any further in any of these gifts or operations of the Spirit, have your way today. Be glorified in this service. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it, amen. Just shake someone's hand, and then you can be seated. Give them a hug if you're led to do that. But be kind to your brother or your sister in Christ. Man, I am just full already this morning. That was the right song. Now, before I get into the message today, I can see I'm just sensing something. There are a couple of cultures we've got to make sure that are present within this congregation. We don't want to get so caught up in systems and programs and all of that that we lose this presence. Did you all hear what I just said? So we've got to create spirit culture. Where the gifts have free reign like that to do. And more information, more teaching. How I many of know we also, in order for that to be present, we've got to have something called worship culture. Where the music department is not begging you to give God what he rightfully deserves. But you come in with a revelation that that's why I go to church. Is to give God the glory that is due unto his name. And then we've got to create prayer culture. I mean, all three of those go together. Prayer, worship, and spirit. All of those go together. You really can't have one without the other. Okay? So you'll hear more about that. That's coming. Let's talk today. I'm going to shorten my message today. I want to welcome our online audience. Uh, thank you for coming along. Best way to follow along today is the Version Bible app. If you'll just go to the events section, you'll see... Uh, linked up church and the outline is right there. I'm just going to do an overview today because you can get all of this in your small group booklet and it'll go a whole lot further than the information that I'll give today. So I'll use today to inspire us in a direction and then allow you all to go deeper throughout the week to really see how this applies to your personal life. Today we're going to talk about serve connected, all right? The introduction, God did not put us on earth to live a selfish life. How many of y'all believe that? He didn't put us on earth to live a selfish life. God did not put us on earth just to take up space, to breathe, to have fun, and then die. God put us here to make the world a better place. God has a contribution he wants us to make with our lives. He wants us to practice serving him. And as I said on last week, remember, earth is practice for eternity. Right? So we're all here to learn how we'll live throughout eternity. Letter A in the introduction, how do we serve God? Let me just put some thoughts out there today. How do we serve God in the context of serve connected? Well, we serve God by serving other people. We cannot serve God directly. Of course, we do that through our prayer life and our study life. But we can serve God by serving others. You all remember when Jesus said, as much as you've done it unto the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. And then the question came back, well, when did we do it unto you? When you visited that person in jail, you visited me. When you clothed that person that was naked, you clothed me. When you fed someone that was hungry, you fed me. And so we serve God by serving other people. Whenever we use our talents, our time, our energy, and our resources or our background, how many of y'all know that's serving people? And then the Bible refers to this as ministry. Everyone wants to be in ministry, but I came to tell you today, you don't need a title to be in ministry. And the greatest title you will ever have will never be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. The greatest title you will ever have is the title of servant. Jesus was the greatest of all of us, and he didn't come to, to maintain a title. He came to serve. So every time we help someone, we are involved in ministry. God does not want us to do this by ourselves. It's not his desire for us to minister alone, he wants us to minister in community with other believers. Let her be in the introduction. How and why do we need to work together with one heart and one purpose? Well, number one under letter B, we are a family. I cannot reiterate this enough. You are my brother in Christ. You are my sister in Christ. I have African-American brothers. I have Hispanic brothers. I have Caucasian brothers. How many know our skin color is not what makes us brothers and sisters? It's the fact that we have named Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and if someone has named Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, then they are our brother and sister in Christ, and we all are a part of one family. So if you are sitting next to someone that you don't know, you have already been sitting there too long, if you have not introduced yourself to your brother or sister in Christ, told them your name, asked them their name, and let them know that you are glad to sit next to in the day. Would you act that out for me just very quickly? Just act it out. Introduce yourself. Now take it a step further and go hug somebody that you don't recognize. Go shake somebody's hand. Get out of your seat if you need to. Go shake somebody's hand or hug somebody. Say hello my brother, my sister in Christ. My name is This is church. Now, I still see people that didn't move. And I don't understand that. I I still see lots of people who did not move. If you're sitting around someone who didn't move, make them more uncomfortable. Just go, just touch them right now. Just touch them. People don't like to be touched. We are a family, and the quicker we realize this, and the sooner we see ourselves this way, then the further along we can go. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, the Amplified Classic reads this way, For we are fellow workmen, we are joint promoters and laborers together with and for God. So notice, God cannot do it without us, and we cannot do it without God. God cannot labor in the earth without us. So we are co-laborers with Him. You are God's garden, vineyard, and field under cultivation. You are God's building. Folks, this is a beautiful building, but it is not a building that God will ever live in. It's not pretty enough. It's not nice enough. He said, this, is, this won't last forever. He said, I'd rather live in my most prized creation, and that's you and me. Now, I want to put a revelation out here, folks. Now, I'm just loving what God is doing with me, man. The revelation that he's given me is just helping me. I want to throw something out here. A lot of times when we serve, we serve for the people. Listen to what I'm getting ready to say. So, in other words, I come to serve because I want to serve the people, and that's our motive for serving. But how you know God has a completely different motive for us serving? And I never saw this until I studied this. Listen to this statement. God is more interested in the relationships we build during serving than he is in us actually serving. Oh, you missed that. So in other words, they sung wonderful today, and that's for you all. But for them, God is more interested in the relationships they're building while they do that. Did you all catch that? So often we come and serve with people that we don't know, we don't like, and we make no attempt to get to know. You just stay over there and do your piece. You watch that side of the room, I'll watch this side of the room. How I many y'all know that's the way we are? And God is more interested in the relationships we're building with each other while we're serving than the actual people that we serve. So, I mean, you know, if I have hatred in my heart towards my brother or sister, my service that day is not effective anyway. Right. We absolutely need each other. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5, number 2, Romans, uh, we absolutely need each other. Romans 12, 4 and 5, the Message Bible says, in this way we are like various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. So many people are trying to find their place in the world. And what I'm telling you today, find your place in Christ, and then you'll find your place in the world. Don't try to find your place in the world and then give God the least of who you are. Find your place in Christ, and then Christ will place you in the world. But as a chopped-off finger or cut-off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all of these excellently formed and marvelously, marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Now, I wish I could sing like Bernard. But how many of y'all know I don't need to because we have Bernard? Now, how many of y'all know it would be silly for me to become envious and jealous of his gift and then try to get up here and do what he does? How many of y'all I'm getting ready to tear the church up? You want to hear a little bit of it? Say, no, 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 you don't. And so think about how beautiful we can look as a body when everyone is doing their part. Anything that you're sitting out there saying, we need to do this, that's your part. Anything you're sitting out there saying, we need more of this, that's your part to help us do that. All right, so we absolutely need each other. We need others to serve. The Bible says we are part of the body of Christ. Each part needs all of the others. Number three, together we accomplish more. Together we accomplish more. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 says, It is better to have a partner than to go at it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there is no one to help, man, it's tough. How I many know we need each other? God wants, I love this right here. God wants to use us in ways we have never expected. The Bible often compares being together in ministry, serving together, and make a, making a difference in the world to gardening. Now, I'm not a gardener, but I know it takes a whole lot of different elements in order for just one seed to grow. Right? It takes water, it takes soil, it takes seed, it takes cultivating, right? Just for a seed to grow. I also understand, how many know when you plant the seed, the seed actually dies first. And then the seed doesn't grow this way first, it grows that way. Right? So by the time we ever see the fruit of what we sow, how many know seed, time, and harvest? There's time that has to go by before we see harvest. And so a lot of times when we're trying to build these relationships, how many know it doesn't happen overnight? You're going to rub me the wrong way. But let's get over it fast and vice versa. Let's get over it fast. Now listen to this verse, 1 Corinthians 3.8. The Passion Translation says, Now the one who plants and the one who waters are equal, equally important, and on the same team. But each will be rewarded for his own work. How so, I many know I don't have to be concerned about what someone else is doing? I have to be concerned about me doing my part, and then how I many know I'll get rewarded for my part, which means I don't have to concern myself whether or not someone else is responding the way I want them to. And let me give you the context that I, I mean that statement. How I many know a lot of times our intention is to mend something with someone else, but they don't handle it right on the other end. So a lot of times what we do is we respond the way they responded. Well, forget you then. You shut me down, I shut you down. You're not speaking to me, I'm not speaking to you. You're through with me, I'm through with you. And God, all God is saying is, folks, keep doing your peace. Because you get rewarded for your peace. Let us see. What does it take to build a team? And I'm going to go through these quickly today uh, because I enjoyed what the Spirit of God did. I'm looking forward to hearing all of the testimonies about the miracles and healings that will take place on today or that have taken place already on today. What does it take to build a team? How many of y'all have played sports before in your life? Raise your hand if you played sport. How many of y'all have been on a team at work or just any kind of team in your life? Lift your hand. But then a lot of this will make sense to you today. What does it take to build a team? Number one, this is an acronym. The letter T is trust. First thing it takes is trust. Trust is the emotional glue that draws us closer to our friends, our family, and our small groups. Without trust, we are never going, I like this, to have the intimate relationships that God wants us to have. We're never going to have those. It's the emotional glue that creates a team. Teamwork without trust is impossible. How many know it's hard to be on a team and I don't trust the people? Right? Let's talk about this for a moment. I won't take a lot of time because you all can dive deeper in your workbook. What are some of the steps, key steps to building a team? You gotta share the responsibility. How many know you cannot? always know everything. Share the responsibility. Let other people do some of the work. There are people who do things better than you. I need a better amen than that. And then when the group decides to not to do it a different way than yours, keep a positive attitude. Don't check out. On every team, every small group, there's something called hidden talent. Listen, in this church, there's some people in here that will blow your mind. There's so many gifts and talents out here sitting out here not being used right now. Some of the greatest gifts in America are sitting in this room right now. Just waiting to be brought out. Part of our job And the groups are to discover it, uncover it, watch this, maximize it, and trust it. When I coached high school basketball, we focused on three T's. Worst record we had was 20 and 6 in an 8-year period, won two state championships. And the three things we focused on, we called them three T's. Teach them, train them, and trust them. That's your job. Teach them, train them, and trust them. Teach them, train them, and trust them. How you know everybody has no sense in teaching them and then training them, and we're not going to trust them to do what we taught them and trained them to do? It's almost like when our kids start driving, right? We teach them, we send them to driver's training, and we tell them they can't drive. I mean, the kid is like, "Then why did I get my license? Why did I go to driver's training?" So at some point, you got to let them go. How many of you are they going to make some mistakes? They're going to have some accidents. They're going to get some tickets. But you did too. It's amazing how we forget. All right, I'm meddling now. Proverbs 26, the Passion Translation says this. Many will tell you they're your loyal friends. How many of y'all have had people tell you, I am loyal to you? Be careful when they tell you that. Many will tell you they're your loyal friends, but who can find one that is trustworthy? So I would think loyalty and trustworthiness are the same thing. Wouldn't you all? I would think if someone is loyal, then they're trustworthy. But that's not true. So I had to look this up in Webster's Dictionary. Loyalty and trust, these are two important aspects to any strong relationship. But they're not the same. Listen very carefully. This is not in your notes, so you might want to jot this down. Listen to this. Loyalty is faithfulness to devotion to someone or something. So let's use it in the context of service, right? How many you know I am loyal because I show up every week? But if I don't, let's read trustworthy. Trust is the reliance on the integrity and strength Of the person or thing so in other words I'm faithful when I show up but I'm not trustworthy if I don't show up on time or I leave early or I show up and disappear sure did get quiet in here today how do you know I'm present so I'm loyal but I'm not trustworthy because I'm not doing what I was asked to do. Let's talk about in the context of a marriage relationship. I mean, if somebody can be loyal to their spouse, that doesn't mean they're trustworthy. I mean, it's easy to say all of the right things. But you're trustworthy when you're doing those things when the other person is not present. Oh, Lord. This message, I need to come down on the floor because I'm feeling tension right now. You all see the difference? All right, so we want to be both. We want to be loyal where you can depend on me, but we want to be trustworthy because we do what we're asked to do, the way we were asked to do it. Thank you. I think I heard one amen right here. I'm, I'm staying on this point until I get a better, I get, if I don't get any more energy on this, I'm staying right here on this point. I said, you're faithful because you showed up. You're trustworthy because you did exactly what you were asked to do the way you were asked to do it. That wasn't good enough right there. I said, you're faithful because you showed up. You're trustworthy because you did what you were asked to do the way you were asked to do it. I can tell my wife I love her all day long and I can be present I can come home but how I many know if I'm, I'm having emotional affairs and texting other people and and, and sliding into other folks DMs and I'm not real trustworthy I'm trying to move on with this message And the reality is you'd rather have people that are both faithful and trustworthy. Give the Lord a real good praise in this place today. Okay? Letter E, empathy. Letter E, empathy. Empathy, according to Webster's Dictionary, is the intellectual identification with or vicarious, vicarious experiencing of the feelings, thoughts, or attitudes of another. And, and so my daughter, we were doing our small group last night at home, and my daughter gave a better definition to me. She said, Daddy, empathy is when you feel with the person. Sympathy is when you feel for the person. I said, girl, go on with that Georgia education. They are educating you down there at the U- University of Georgia. And so it takes empathy to serve with other people because everyone's not going to have a great day every time they come in the building. And we've got to learn how to feel what they're feeling and help them through so that they can have a better day while they serve. So now, so it takes empathy. 1 Peter 3.8 says, now this is the goal, to live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness Towards other believers. Let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. So we've got to pay attention to the needs that are in others' lives. How I mean, you know, many if somebody comes in? I mean, we can usually get a good feel that something's going on with this individual. And the moment our heart heart shifts to, I need to empathize with this, then there should be some corresponding reaction that really goes a step further. And I'll talk about what that looks like in a minute. Romans chapter 15, verse 2, the Passion Translation says this, Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and then to bring them into spiritual maturity. So sometimes all it takes is where well, you're here now, what can I do to support you? Is there something I can pray with you about? Is there anything that I can do? Because let's get you together so that we can better be of service to the people that God's called us to serve today. Sometimes by not taking the time to empathize with someone and they know you can see something that's going on in their lives, I mean, now they're challenged further to serve the people that God's called them to serve? So if we're not paying attention to what's going on in each each other's lives, we can create a horrible experience for all the visitors that are coming on that day. I mean, a lot of times the visitor's bad experience is from a person that was having a bad day that nobody else empathized with. So the message didn't give them a bad experience. The people did. Everybody clear? All right. Accommodation. Let's let's i got three more minutes. Accommodation, letter A. Accommodation, T-E-A. What does accommodation mean? When you make accommodation for somebody, it means you get them a room, either at your home or a hotel. To accommodate someone or somebody means to give them space. We must accommodate people in lots of different ways on our dream teams and in our small groups. I many know? sometimes people need time. They need space. Some of that takes place outside of here where I identify what it is while we're here, but then I say, let's get together this week and talk about that a little further. Let's meet for lunch. Let's meet at Starbucks, right? What am I doing? I'm accommodating an individual. I'm making space for them, by take carving out time in my schedule to be even more sensitive and to empathize even more uh, deeply with what you're going through. Everybody clear on that? How I many of we don't do enough of that? We come on Sunday and I promise you we don't see each other again until 3 Sundays from now. Cuz we don't come every week. See it's quiet again. Oh they're listening. Right? So think about that. So so that means if we don't see you for three weeks, there's probably something going on in your life. So now who caught that? Who paid attention to that? Who saw that? Who called them in week two and say, now it's been two weeks, I notice I haven't seen you. Are you okay? Let's get together this week. We're about a 4,000-member church, but I promise you it's about 8,000 people. that consider this this, their home, that are just out there with nobody making space. Yeah, my wife just reminded me, I ran into three, two people like that yesterday. I I go into Pet Boys, I'll make this story real quick, and I just got my car washed, I was going to get some air fresheners, and uh, again, forgive my urban upbringing. Uh, (laughs) But I walked in and the guy said, man those some nice kicks on your feet i said thanks man and he said what size are they i said hey man you can't ask me questions like that man true story i said man you can't ask me questions like that you're getting ready to get a completely different response because where i how i grew up you didn't wear your new shoes outside because you might come home barefoot and everybody they called it checking your shoes. Check them shoes in, man. And I was telling my wife, it brought all of that out as soon as he said, what size shoes are those you wear? I say, hey, man, you cannot ask me questions like that, man. Make a long story short, he doesn't say anything else. Then a guy comes out the back. Right? And he says, Man, I just bought the store. I'm the owner, Pastor. Pastor. Never seen him before in my life and he said I've been to your church two or three times I just haven't made it back there I need to come up and introduce myself but since I bought the store I'm here seven days a week and haven't been able to make it back out there now the, the guy the first guy doesn't hear this conversation now I'm getting ready to check out and pay for it and, and another gentleman a Caucasian guy he just starts telling me all of his life's problems all of his girlfriends and I said "Well, well why don't you think about it this way If you keep ending up in the same kind of relationship, let's slow down and let's get you together so that you can end up in a different kind of relationship, right? And so I said, well, what are you doing tomorrow? And I prayed that he comes today. So I invited him to linked up church. So then the owner comes around the back and says, yeah, you know what? I can bring him. I think I can carve out some time tomorrow. And then I'm walking out the door, and the same guy that asked me the size of my shoes, he would say, see you later, Pastor. <laughs> like, like this, this dude right here. But how many you know, just taking time at the counter to listen to that guy, he went on for like 10 minutes. How I many you know, just taking time at the counter to listen to him and then not judge him, right? Then ask him, is there anything I can do? Can I pray? And why don't you come out to service? Goes a long way with people. Romans 12, 18 says, If possible, as much as it depends on you, Live at peace with all people. So the amazing thing about accommodation is it does not make us weaker. It actually makes us stronger. Now we're not trying to face life or do life alone, right? We're doing life together as a team because people are making accommodations for us, and I mean, we're making accommodations for other people, right? I reached out to a young lady. I see her sitting in here now. I reached out to her husband. I won't point over there again. I'm going to reach out to him again this week. And I'm going to keep reaching out to him until he has lunch for, with me. I want to make it so he can't keep saying or telling me why he can't get together. Next thing I'm getting ready to say is, where do you work? I'll bring lunch to you. She's sitting right in here. So she, I'm giving her my word on that. How many of you know? It goes so far with people. People don't care how good you preach. People don't even care how much you know until they know how much you care. So I got an action step for you this week. When you see someone that's going through a lot of what I'm describing, just ask this simple question, how can I help you? Listen and then ask the question, how can I help you? and then let them define for you what that looks like. And if, with, if it's within your reach and respectable, then you pray about what your part might be in accommodating them. How many of y'all can agree to do that on this week? All right, let's close right here. Mission, last one. To have a team, we must have a cause. We must have a purpose. We must have a mission. Teams do not just exist for themselves. They are making a difference in the world in some way. That's the purpose of a team. It means that we're trying to accomplish something together. How many of you know LinkedIn Church is trying to accomplish something together? Right? We're trying to do it together as a team. Do you all agree that the more people that get involved, the further we will be along in accomplishing our goals? How many of y'all agree with that statement? Alright? And so it's so important that we understand. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. NASB translation says, and I love it, Paul writing to the church at Philippi, he says, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, and intent on one purpose. So during this 40 days of community, we are learning what that means. We are learning what it means to fellowship together, to grow together, to worship together. We're learning about partnership and all of these wonderful things, what builds and what destroys relationships. We're learning what it means today to serve together, okay? And so I've got a challenge for you all today. I've got something I want you to think about. Hebrews 10, 25, the New Living Translation says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I mean, the word tells us that when we see wars and rumors of wars, I mean, the end is close. So everything that you're seeing over in the Middle East, everything that's happening around our world, all of the fires and natural catastrophes that you're seeing, I mean, those are not getting ready to slow down. Those are getting ready to increase in their veracity. And what God is encouraging us that the closer we get to his return, the more coming together should be in the body of Christ. Why? Because we're going to need each other to get through some of these tough times. Are you all listening today? We're going to need each other. You'll need me and I'll need you. So this week's challenge for everyone in this room, and if you're in small groups, it's a personal challenge. Challenge everyone in your group to join a dream team or a small group, okay? This is what it looks like at Linked Up Church. If you're a member here and you're not on a small group or a dream team, then you're just a member that attends Linked Up Church. If you're a member here and you're on a dream team or small group, then you are a connected member of Linked Up Church and you're helping us fulfill our purpose. So which one are you today? Thank you for that enthusiasm and that energy and that excitement. I'm done. Let's all stand to our feet. Did you all get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet. And I just want to pray for our hearts today. I want to pray for all of our hearts today because church really sometimes can be a place where we come in, we hear the word, but we have no intent on ever doing it. It's almost like church is my duty. It's my response. It's like, okay, I did that for God. Now let me go do me, right? And we've got to shift that. How many know Christ should be our life? And then we work everything else into that. Let's lift our hands to the Father. I just want to pray for all of our hearts today, including mine. And so, Father, you've called Linked Up Church, and you've given us an assignment. And, Father, it is my belief that you sent all of these people, those that are watching online and those that are physically sitting in this service, you sent all of them to help us fulfill your mission and your assignment for this church. And you've called us to do it as a team. So I pray for our hearts today, Father, that our hearts will be sensitive to your word. The, good, uh, the, the seed of your word was deposited today into good ground. And my prayer is that it will produce some 30, some 60. For some 100-fold production. And I pray that every person in here, Father, will not just be a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word. And by doing the Word, they will be blessed by what they do. And so I release that into our hearts, and I thank you, and I give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Now, while you're in that attitude,